right, hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Eyes Show. It is 2020 now. That's an interesting uh, year. The year of uh, the year of clear vision. The year of perfect vision. They're saying. I hence the 2020. I guess. Where, something to do with cosmic eye as well, I right? I think so. That, some, that, uh, that one cosmic cool. eye has the perfect 20, 20 vision since it's, 20 vision. So it's not 2020, it's 20 <laughs> vision when you only have one cosmic eye. So <laughs> I being aware of glasses, you know, 2020 to me is uh, some mythical state of being, but, um, you know, that clear vision <laughs> may unfold in this uh in this uh, in this new year we'll see so happy uh, new year to everyone thank you for supporting us uh, you are listening to the cosmic eye show i am your host jason napolitano and uh over there in los angeles we have mr chris sheridan uh how is your new year going so far by the way we are a few days into it a few days in uh it's going well it really feels like a new year and i'm glad we did the new year's show because i think it was one that i needed to hear <laughs> as much yeah. as you know, talk about, um, because it's, you know, it is that time for, you know, clearing the space for the new, yeah, to come in. I think that was my takeaway from that podcast. And, uh, and I think it worked. I did a spring cleaning on January 1st and, you know, it was warm enough to open the windows and I just, you know, cleared my desk off and put yeah. papers away and dug through things. And, oh, that's uh, great. Before I actually added something new, I prepared the, you know, the playing field, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, cleared yeah. the room for something to, to happen. So you return to that state of zero that we talked about in that podcast that we reference a lot. Oh, uh, right, right. Return to zero. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's really kind of the whole idea of it. I mean, the birth of the sun is, you know, this full cir circular motion of, of things, right? The, uh, you know, it's a birth and it's a rebirth at the same time. You know, there's a whole cycle of, of uh creation and and you know resurrect you know death and resurrection and so on and you know we're finding ourselves at that new point of new birth at this mm -hmm. time of the year and you know creating new things in our lives and i think it's important to to remember that you know we look i mean even in the you know popular uh popular sort of mindset these days that isn't so oriented towards spirituality we still have the good sense to make our new year's resolutions now you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We do. We do see that something is something, quote unquote, new is here. And we try to take advantage of that, that energetically speaking. So even if we don't know exactly why, we still do participate in that, you know, with with that, you know, that kind of thing we, we do each year when we, we take stock of our lives and look at some of the things that are working and some things that aren't working and so on, um, you know, and try to create a new a new way of doing things that's better more evolved, mm -hmm. right? More spiritually oriented, perhaps? Well, it's more conscious. More it's, conscious. Instead of just reverting to business as usual, because uh, even, you know, if you add these new resolutions in, mm -hmm. if, if there isn't enough space or the fertile ground for them to take, the tendency that is then to, to revert back, uh, then it yeah. becomes the, the same old story. Uh, yeah, exactly. Instead of really a new year. So, uh, so with an open mind, with a consciousness, uh, a new way of looking, and I guess with this year 2020, uh, clearer <laughs> vision, right. spiritual vision, no, spiritual exactly. insight uh, into ourselves and the world around us and, and what our relationship is. Yeah, exactly. And don't be a backslider. I like that old Christian term, <laughs> backsliding. Don't, you, you make some headway, you know, 
and then you you know and into into getting away from sin and you backslide so don't backslide this backslide. Year. let's stay, <laughs> let's keep moving forward let's keep moving forward all right so interestingly enough we are doing a show on uh tarot today on the tarot cards uh, it's going to be an, an overview we've done a couple of uh of episodes and uh in please as to which episodes you like. Chris was uh, kind enough to actually log in all the episodes and, and put those together with a little uh, overview of each one and the numbers and so on. So I'm going to post that on the website soon. There's going to be links. I have been a bit remiss on the website. So that'll be on cosmiceye.org. So any of the the uh, the episodes that uh, that we reference in the future, you'll be able to easily find and look at the topics and titles and so on, and you'll be able to click on those if you want to go back and listen to any of them. So what, what were those, uh, the numbers of those ones with the tarot cards that we did before? Uh, episode 40 and 40. 51. 40 was the zero card, the fool. The fool. Uh, and then uh, 51 was the magician. That's right. All right. Uh, cool. The one so, card. Yeah, so we're gonna do uh, we're gonna go through and do the rest of the twenty two trumps, the major arcana, uh, as time goes on. But we thought uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were kind of outlining the shows we were gonna do. We thought, hey, let's let's go kind of go back retro a little bit and and kind of overview the tarot as a system of philosophy, of spirituality, of thinking, you know, the symbolism and so on, the construction and history of it and how it can be used. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that today. So this show is about the tarot in general. Uh, as, as we said, then there's gonna be specific shows on, on different, uh, different cards as well as time goes on. So, uh, so we drew from uh, several different sources. I mean, I've been studying tarot obviously for, for many, many years. Uh, it's, so it's not obvious until I tell you, I guess, but it's like, oh, you, you can you can feel by by listening to my voice how many years I've studied the tarot. Anyway, I've studied the tarot many years, as you have as well, Chris. And you actually did speak about that, that you used to do readings and stuff when you were in the band and stuff back in uh, back in the 80s. So I did. I did. But you're definitely the scholar and the expert <laughs> of the cards well, and you're the symbols. The, you're the I Ching dude. And one of these days, we're going to need to talk about I Ching. Uh -huh. You did a beautiful class on that that, uh, that was fantastic. And hopefully... Uh, oh, Chinese they... New Year's coming up. Maybe we can time it. Oh, great idea. With the great lunar idea. room, with the rat. Fantastic idea. Um, so I, I drew a bit from, uh, just to kind of reference and reinforce some of the stuff over the years, I, you know, one of my main sources is, is the BOTA, and that is Paul Foster Case's organization that he started. It stands for Builders of the Aditum, and Aditum is sort of a secret temple or a temple within. So it's kind of an interesting word, B-O-T-A uh, org. You can find their information. But one of his most uh, famous books and, most, uh, and is, is one of his best-selling books uh, is just called the Tarot, a key to the wisdom of the ages, uh, and that's a that's a beautiful book to have. I highly recommend it. Paul Foster Case. If you are into tarot and you have not read Paul Foster Case, you are missing uh, one of the great luminaries in that field. Uh, probably, for my money, the greatest tarot scholar ever. Him and and probably Aleister Crowley. Um, Manly Hall's work is excellent. He goes on a different, diff he goes in a different direction with it. Uh, his historical stuff and his mythological and sort of folkloric stuff is, is fantastic. And there's some, some great work in, uh, in the secret teachings. He has a chapter on tarot and there's a beautiful uh, poster in there, which shows the fool and his journey uh, through the different stages and so on. You can kind of see that that's one of the meanings of, uh, 
of those tarot cards through that visual representation. You'll know what I mean when you see it. Uh, so, you know, if you don't have the secret teachings of all ages, you can look that up. What is the title of that? Do you know what the title of that poster is? Is it just called The Fool or The Tarot, Manly Hall? How do you think they would Google that if they wanted to see the, that, that actual poster? You know, the one that they, that they did from the, from the plate that's in the book? Yeah, it's, well, in the book, it's, um, it's titled A Layout of Major Tarot Trumps. Okay, so that's how it would probably be. If you look that up and then look, secret teachings, a layout of major tarot trumps, I'm imagining it will come up. I don't have my And computer. it's the full card, uh, huge. It's big. And then within it are the rest of the cards kind of embedded in the picture, like in a pyramid, kind of overlaying uh, the central, you know, main card. Yeah. Which is interesting that, that in that one somehow is the ground uh, or the foundation. Mm-hmm to hold the rest of them, of the major. Yeah. Well, we talked about that a bit in the, uh, in the full, full, uh, uh, podcast that we did the zero card. So uh, here's the thing we've got to get into is structure a little bit. So we talk about the tarot we're talking about structure. We're talking about, um, order. We're talking about uh, an underlying philosophical sort of, uh, uh, construction or or basis for the the philosophy of tarot for the for the actual understanding of its sort of spiritual wisdom contained within the symbolism uh, but primary to it is the structure of it so the thing that's challenging for people when they start out is that you hear you know hundreds of different attributions to the cards and you know, 50 or 60 different attributions to how they're laid out and numbered and whether or not they're, you know, attributed to this or that uh, astrological sign or alchemical attribution or Hebrew letter and and all of that. And so it becomes a bit confusing. Oh, there he is. Happy New Year. Happy New Year from the dogs. From the dogs and to the dogs, we wish you all a Happy New Year. And there is a dog on the full card. There is a dog in the full card, and he, he's, he's, he's barking away and letting that fool know that he's there. So speaking of that, he is, he's either instinct or the, uh, or, the, or the subconscious mind in some versions of symbolism, and he, or he's the conscious mind. He's, the, he's warning the fool that he's about to go off a precipice into the abyss below, or, he's, or the fool is just standing there, and we don't, we don't know exactly what he's doing, but the dog is by his side as a companion, instinctually speaking. So that's, that's a little bit of that. So the dog's, the dog's presence is going to feel a little bit of that. So anyway, getting back to the structure of things, you will see, like I said, many different attributions to many different things, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. This has a bit to do... Not a bit to do. It has everything to do with the trajectory and history of the tarot cards, which are murky and all equally, equally disputed. So we'll get into a little bit right now, just some very basic historical understandings. First of all, there is no one academically accepted sort of um, historical trajectory of where these cards came from or how they came into being. There is not a single one accepted. There is some evidence of of cards that go back to the late 1300s, early 1400s in Italy, uh, and I think France, um, Provence. Uh, There are some ideas that possibly a sect called the Albigenses 
uh, or a sort of proto-Gnostic set that existed, a sect that which existed in the 12th century, and I think early 13th century, and was crushed by the Catholic Church at a certain point, had something to do with the tarot. That's uh, a couple of authors think that, A.E. Waite being one of them. Manley Hall talks about that a little bit in Secret Teachings. That's one idea. One idea is that they go back all the way to ancient Egypt uh, and that the tarot cards themselves were actually individual images, which might have been in an initiatory uh, space and were used as sort of stationed in stations in some kind of initiatory ritual. And that's how the cards are often used in uh, modern day magical orders uh, as a sort of a symbolic representation of that grade that you're that you're seeking admission into, which is interesting. That's something you can find more information about if you look up the Golden Dawn or the OTO or any of these uh, sort of Western mystery traditions that came out of, of, of England and, and Germany and France uh, in the 19th century. And then are they still, still alive and well today? Um, so the Egyptian hypothesis is floating around out there. The Book of Toth is what the tarot is known as, as to some to some you know individuals. Uh, Eliphas Levy, the great uh, magician who wrote uh, uh, Transcendental Magic, that's how it was translated into English, which is he is one of the most prolific and important uh, writers in uh, in early uh, modern magical history for sure. Sort of promulgated that view, um, and some of the early scholars, Court de Gebelin. And uh, Papou, who was, uh, was uh, I, know, I forgot, Gerard Ancus, I think, or Ancos was his name, I believe, his real name. Uh, so a lot of the French occultists held on to that. They were, of course, enamored with the idea of ancient Egypt at that time, because this is the time of Napoleon. And they actually, you know, were bringing back artifacts from Egypt. Napoleon had conquered Egypt. Uh, Champollion had uh, or was going to at this time, I think it was 18, the late 1800s when the, uh, the Rosetta Stone was found and actually the hieroglyphs were, were uh, comprehended and translated, transliterated uh, because they had those Greek and um, uh, those Greek equivalents and they knew, they knew the hieroglyphs and so on from that and then they kind of built, built backwards from that. Um, so, so that's that's one of the uh, that's one of the theories. There's an idea that some of, that the tarot goes back to India, uh, possibly possibly China. So you know, and uh, Crowley was also enamored with that theory, and he built a lot of I Ching and Chinese uh, Taoist uh, uh, sort of symbol symbolism into his deck, that beautiful uh, uh, Toth deck that he does, uh, or that he did. Um, that's a fantastic deck. If you get a chance, check that out. It's again, that's got its own set of attributions and so on. He follows the basic schema of the Golden Dawn, which is the one we'll talk about. It's the BOTA one um, as well. The, the, and what I mean, the schema I mean is is the the attributions of the Hebrew letters, the astrological signs, and so on that go with each of the twenty-two major arcana. Uh, the last thing, and then we'll get into structure a little bit. The last little bit of historical stuff, and I don't know, I don't know if you've heard this story, but this is kind of a fun one. Paul Foster Case, in the beginning of the tarot, talks about how um, there was a meeting of all these initiates from all over the world at Fez, Morocco, and they got together because they felt that the uh, 
the the ancient wisdom was under threat basically by christianity and by materialism and science scientism and so on uh at some point in in a fairly recent history i think his his idea was that this probably took place in 1300s 1400s 1500s something like that it doesn't really i don't think he specifies as i as i recall um but they met there and they they all spoke different languages and then they devised this this sort of uh symbolic representation of their philosophy uh via this picture book of symbols of 78 different symbols which became the tarot that was his idea and he said maybe it was a chinese initiate who who came up with that idea because they had the saying that you know a picture is worth a thousand words in china and plus in you know a chinese uh a chinese character actually is a pictogram it's not really a word it's it symbolizes an idea i mean they do have letters now for modern words but most of uh their uh their symbols are hieroglyphics they mean they they mean something they mean a, a noun or a verb or a, a state of being or something like this right uh and you know you know more about that than i do with the ching stuff and we'll get into more of that when we go into the ching but the point is is that they devised this sort of book this loose leaf book of all these symbolic ideas so that they could communicate with each other and they could keep a sort of mnemonic or memory device uh that they could use to keep this ancient wisdom alive and then there's the idea that the you know the roma people you know more popularly known as the gypsies then took up these cards and were doing divinations and the cards then turned into normal playing cards so they were like hidden in plain sight as it were they were hidden in plain sight and there you know there's a lot of you know possible truth to a lot to these different theories they may be all right they may none of them may be right but there was certainly persecution from the church at the time when when these tarot cards were floating around uh, in the 1400s 1500s and 1600s when we have actual decks from that time they've changed structure over the years they started out much different uh in a much different form they the the earliest decks have all all trumps and there were different numbers of them 56 in some cases 58 whatever you know uh the modern version we have is probably from the late 1700s early 1800s uh, where there's 78 cards there's 22 major arcana and those are the cards we're all most familiar with the fool the magician the high priestess etc etc going down the line and then the minor arcana are the numbered cards with the four suits uh which you talked about a little bit before those those are the you know the suits and the modern playing cards that by you know in the tarot They're the original attributions with wands, cups, uh swords and pentacles. Wands, cups, swords and pentacles which became the the modern playing cards, the diamond, spades, blah blah blah, etc. Um so so that's uh that's a basic sort of uh, historical outline. I mean, I'm going through that very quickly, but if you you spend, you know, this is a rabbit hole. If you go down it, it becomes it becomes endlessly fascinating but also an endless puzzle because you'll never get to the truth of it I I don't think uh, unless they come up with some kind of de- definitive piece of evidence at some point which is doubtful the real issue though is what you know is the importance of the tarot what it's for and things like that and we'll get into that in a moment so the structure as i said it's 78 cards it's built on that foundation of 78 um 22 major arcana the 56 minor arcana so the 50 the, the as i said the 22 are the picture cards 
in the in the AE weight version, the the minor arcana do have pictures that go along with them, but that's that's a that's a really modern uh, addition. The oldest decks have uh, have um, just the symbols of, of of the numbers in that and the particular uh, suit uh, with them. So so AE weight Pamela Coleman Smith. Uh, who was the uh, artist who put those together? Added added that uh, added those those attributions, those symbols, which they're nice. Those those are great cards. Aeweight's deck is a great deck for doing um, for doing divination. Uh, not the best deck, maybe for doing uh, magical work or meditation work, um, but but definitely a great deck for divination um, and and so forth. So. The deck, essentially, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, we'll only be able to touch on some really basic things. It's, it's complicated, but it's also fairly simple. Essentially, when you look at it Kabbalistically, it breaks down into four levels. So each of the, in the, in the minor arcana, each of the, um, the attributions, each of the, uh, the designations for those, where you have the, the wands, the cups, the swords, and the pentacles, is attributed to a letter of the divine name of God, which is yod heh vov heh That in turn uh, works with the four worlds of Kabbalah. Um, and so, so you have basically the attributions of all those cards sort of designating the, the which like a the manifestation of materiality in essence, if that makes sense. So, Essentially, the idea is that, you know, the world becomes gradually denser and denser as it materializes. Um, so, you know, again, there's these four worlds or planes where that's occurring. And it's, you know, this is an arbitrary designation, but there's, there's four of them. So the wands uh, correspond to the archetypal world or the element of fire, uh, which is the yod and the yod hey vov hey. The cups correspond to the creative world the element of water, and that's the first hey and yod hey vov hey. The swords correspond to the formative world, uh, to the element of air, and to the vav in yod hey vov hey. And the coins, of the final hey, correspond to the material world or the element of earth, uh, the second hey in yod hey vov hey. So that's sort of, a, sort of a shorthand symbolic way of looking at the manifestation of, of, of life and creation into materiality. And then the the cards. The what's interesting about that is that 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 theme reoccurs in the construction of the minor arcana. So the king, which is uh, which is is fire, would be Yod. The queen is uh, water, and that would be hay. And then the knight or the prince is um, air, and then and that would be the, of course the the bow. Um, and then the final hay is the page or the princess, and that is the uh, earth factor, um, or the um, the final hay of that and in that schema. So there's a lot of these ideas occur occurring and reoccurring it within the cards themselves and within the construction of the deck. Uh, so I'm not going to go on and on with that stuff. There's there's a million things you can read on that. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on that. Would you have anything to add to that? I yeah, just let me just, uh, yeah, just as far as the the number of the cards. Mm -hmm. And um, so the 22 major arcana uh, with the pictures, I'll come back to that. 
the 56 are four suits, uh, if you want to call them that, like, like the suits in everyday playing cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and there are 14 of each. Whereas, uh, and that comes with you know, the number 56, where we have 52 cards in our four suit uh, yeah. everyday playing deck, uh, but there's only 13 uh, different ones, you know, ace through king. Well, they dropped uh, out the knight, so the knights are gone. Right. Yeah. So, and then the page is like the jack. I yeah, guess, exactly. Of the, exactly. The playing card. Deck. So, you know, very, very similar. It's just there's one extra card per suit. And, and I know it's not 100%, oh, cups mean hearts and swords mean spades, although there is a correspondence. Um, it helps me just as a shorthand because I, you know, playing cards are so common i guess yeah, that yeah. it, uh, no, it kind of helps helps me connect yeah, for with sure. you know the everyday and then the mystical but the point uh, just to finish i wanted to make about the 22 uh and why that number might be significant because you're talking about that compilistic aspect mm-hmm. uh, to the cards as well and the 22 number comes up a lot um you know in ancient symbolism mm-hmm. and yeah. uh where I've seen that the most is uh, depicted as a triangle inside a seven-pointed star, which is inside a 12-pointed star. And if you add those numbers together, three, seven, and 12, you get 22. Yeah. Three being the any kind of trinity you might have, whether it's Hindu mm-hmm. or uh, Christian or... Uh, you know, morning, noon, and night, uh, beginning, middle, and end. I mean, it's it goes way beyond any tradition. It is such a, yeah. um, you know, in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. It's just a very, very rich uh, symbolic number. Uh, and then the seven, you get the seven days of the week, or the seven, which also correspond to the seven planetary rings in the old system. Yeah. And then 12, you get the outer ring uh, that's beyond the seven planets, which is the, the zodiac band um, that goes around the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, whole Absolutely. shebang. Yeah, <laughs> it's a technical term, shebang. Actually, <laughs> I think it's it's, 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 it's a might, might be Yiddish. I don't that's know. A, that's, a Kabbalist, that's a Yiddish Kabbalistic <laughs> term, isn't it? But you're, um, you're right about that. That's a fantastic way of looking at that, and that kind of that's that's interesting because the actual the twenty two Hebrew letters that they work with and assign to these cards actually break down that same way. So in Hebrew, there's three, what are known as the mother letters, there's seven double letters, and then there's 12 simple letters. And those correspond to the same, same sorts of values. Uh, and they break them down like that. So that's an interesting, that's uh, an interesting uh, correlation between those two things. But as you know, it all comes from this, uh, this Kabbalistic base. I mean, most of our Western mystery tradition does build itself off of this this um, this Hebrew wisdom, this hidden Hebrew wisdom, and you know the basis of it does uh, essentially comes from the uh, uh, mysterious book called uh, the Sefer Yitzurah, uh book of uh, book formation, or uh, or the Zohar, which you know, is a commentary, a mystical commentary on the Bible, basically. So those those two sources sort of form the the basis of, of what we know as modern modern Kabbalah. And of course, you know, originally it was a, an oral tradition. It wasn't really written down until about the 12th century, most likely. 
but it's much, much older than that. It goes way back. And the tradition is that, you know, it goes back to Moses, goes back to the angels, goes back to Adam and so on. You know, that's the sort of mythological or symbolic attributions of where it comes from. Um, but, you know, the modern stuff that we know of, it comes out of uh, Central Europe, France, um, you know, the Middle East, Safed, where, you know, in Israel. Um, and these, these ideas come from maybe the 11th, 12th century, something like that. Uh, the modern the modern versions of them when they began to write, write these things down and and people uh, believe that these things were dispersed when uh, when a lot of the Sephardic Jews were were thrown out of Spain and they ended up going to Provence and different parts of Europe and you can see you can kind of see that trajectory because where these things pop up or places like Prague and Provence and in Italy they're all places where the diaspora of Jews from 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 Spain when they were ex, uh, expelled from Spain, I think it was in 1492, if I'm not mistaken, it was around the same time Columbus was discovering America, I believe. Um, discovering, I put quotes around that for anyone yeah. who, uh, <laughs> it was already there. Odds, odds with that because I, I do, but I'm just using, well, the, he discovered the it himself, term. I he guess. Discovered it was it a himself. personal discovery. Let's, let's say that <laughs> he, he discovered it and he didn't even really, discover that he discovered actually the caribbean so at any rate the point is is that uh a lot of this stuff does come up around that time so so and then again this is antecedent to when when these to when these cards were born and so on and there's a lot of the symbolism whether or not that that actual one-to-one attribution of the of the 22 hebrew letters with the 22 uh, major arcana uh exists or was intended it is remarkably useful. Let's just say that. And so most scholars will, they'll either dismiss it or they'll say, you know, that it's probably not, wasn't probably originally intended, but it's remarkably useful and similar, you know, in its, in its, in its, uh, in its connection and, and symbolic value. So you can, you know, you can, you can get a lot out of understanding the, 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 to some of the symbolism behind those Hebrew letters that are on the cards, if you have a set of cards that have those, um, and so on. All right, so we discussed a bit about construction. Prior to that, we discussed a little bit about history. Let us talk a little bit about the useful nature of these cards um, and the value of them. By doing that, then we have to look at um, which, you know, what we think these cards are used for. So here are some of the different ideas. Some people believe they are to be used for divination. Some people believe they are a picture book of ancient symbolic ideas. Some people believe they are representations of uh, archetypal energies that exist within us. Some, of, some people believe they are stages of initiation. Uh, some people believe they are stages of creation and the cosmos and the universe and lessons and principles uh, of the you know, of the universe and cosmos. That was uh, more or less um, uh, Alistair Crowley's idea. Um, and there are other and, you know, more advanced and less advanced ideas about what these cards are used for. My, my take on this, and I'm sure yours is the same, is they, they are good for all of those things and even more. And they yes. are, you know, and they are valuable for all of those reasons because they are symbolic uh, pictures because they're symbolic images, they're open to interpret multiple interpretations. So all of those, you know, uses for them are valid and even more. 
one of the ways that I, I like to use them uh, is for meditation. Uh, not a lot of people use them for that. Uh, you know, so you can use those symbolic images as a point of reference to meditate on almost like a mandala. And they each have a, a specific purpose, uh, which, I'm, again, I'm writing a book right now on and not to plug my, my own stuff, but I'm writing a book on that right now. And that's going to be I'll keep you posted on that. But, you know, using these cards for that uh, is a really valuable, uh, valuable tool. And you'll kind of get an intuitive sense of what each card is for. And, of course, the cards will mean different things to different people but they do have some kind of inherent archetypal powers within them that open up certain parts of ourselves when we do um, sort of meditate on them. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, divination, obviously, you use the cards for that. Um, tell me a little bit about your experiences with the cards and what you use them for and, and when you find them to be valuable. Well, like any other divination, uh, like you mentioned the I Ching that I'm probably better versed uh, with than I am the, the tarot, um, it's for me, it's a way of asking a question and getting, and I will say in quotes, answer. It's, it's a, it's a possible answer or yeah. it's a, uh, it's a look into, uh, maybe a deeper look into mm -hmm. whatever the issue is. Uh, and for me and people I've worked with using you know, both tarot and, I Ching is the formulation of the question. If you're asking the oracle, if you're asking the cards or the, the bones or whatever, the tea leaves, um, something, you know, you're, uh, there's an issue. There's a question maybe you have uh, or just a problem or a general sense of, you know, why do I feel so uncomfortable uh, these last couple of days? You know, what's going on? That's kind of the question. What's going on? yeah what's what's up with this whatever yeah, the issue yeah, sure. is if it's relationship or finance health you know things like that and and this it's like a microscope or a telescope it it gives a different point of view uh and because in the I Ching the coins are thrown or in, in the tarot the deck cards are, are shuffled mm -hmm. um and then they're pulled out <laughs> and the, maybe the deck is cut and you know and then these cards are pulled up seemingly randomly. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a very important part of that, the way the tea leaves uh, or the bones fall. Sure. Um, it's, you're not really stacking the deck. You're not cherry picking, you know, your favorite cards and, oh, yeah. look, yeah. fortune, I win. Um, you know, it's, they're kind of, th that part of it is not you, mm -hmm. uh, not your conscious self. So when the answer comes, you know it's not really coming from you and, most of the times it will give something that will present an idea that maybe you hadn't thought of before, or it will help you look at your situation in a way that you weren't looking at it. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And that, that is so valuable. And it's, it doesn't have to be the answer, like mm -hmm. the end all, but it helps you understand the question better, peers deeper into the sure, subject. Sure. And I find that alone can. Because a lot of times when you get to the point where, gee, I, I better consult the cards, mm -hmm. um, you've probably already tried to figure it out using your regular consciousness. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking, I mean, some people. You're using thinking yeah. mind and you've gotten only so far with the idea, right? Exactly. And your friends are only so much help with their opinions. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, you go to the cards. And since it's a random selection, um, you know, that part of it is kind of left to the. <laughs> the spirits, I yeah, guess, yeah, um, or chance, 
Um, and so you know you're not controlling it and you're getting something that maybe you didn't get before. And that's a, just an eye, a view onto what, uh, what you're looking at. Yeah, um, that's a great way to put it. You know, and then also I think what it does is just getting back to that sort of rational mind thing or the thinking, it gets you out of thinking, it gets you out of rational mind into a sort of a non-rational way of looking at things, symbolic and archetypal way of looking at things that might free up, you know, some of the energy that's stuck on trying to figure it out, quote unquote. You know, oftentimes the best information comes through hunches or intuitions or just a feeling or, or, or a dream image or a fantasy. And that's what these cards really help to to uh, to create in the mind. They are those things. You know, they're they're a placeholder for that. So you look at this symbol and it, it corresponds to something within that's archetypal, some sort of energy or instinct or or feeling or something that's non-rational, non-verbal. And it kind of epitomizes that. And there's a there's a sort of feeling quality that goes along with the cards that might help you to decide something in a in a bit of a different way, in more of a gut or a heart oriented kind of a decision that you can make, um, you know. And sure, the literal versus the symbolic. Yeah. A lot of times when we're trying to figure something out, at least in the West, we like, well, let me write down the pros and cons of it. Well, what are the advantages? Well, sure. what are the risks involved? Am I willing to... And that's very great. That's really important to do. Uh, and sometimes that can be all you need. And um, you can't be too mushy and ethereal when it comes to brass tacks and getting things done. Sure, sure. But it's, it can also be very limiting. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And this is a way of, like a Rorschach uh, blot, an ink blot might be. It's, it's totally abstract. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it, it gets you, well, geez, I didn't, you know. I'm looking, you know, you might look at it and see something different the next day. Yeah. Exactly. So there's a timeliness too. It's when you shuffle the cards and when you're asking the question and when you're approaching, uh, you know, the spread or the, the three card uh, draw uh, and looking at them, it's where you are in that moment now looking at it. Yeah. Exactly. So there's a kind of a timeliness. They're very you, dynamic, you, aren't they? You've got to be yes, in the moment yeah. with them. It's like, and this is why I think, you know, that it's, it's valuable to have an understanding of the meanings, quote unquote, of the cards, according to, you know, some of these expert opinions and history and tradition and so on. But it's also more it's more important to be flexible and let your own mind play with those images and come up with the ideas and associations that you have with that card as you get uh, better and more in tune with your own unconscious. Right. Yes. And that's actually how I it's, it sounds like the process by which I learned the cards I yeah. you know looked at them and you know read through as much of the book as I could mm -hmm. at least the you know, the first twenty two and got some sort of a sense then just started using them yeah and for a while I would look up every card and oh no this means this oh it's reverse so it's got to mean that and yeah it took forever and then I just kind of put the book down and went with how it felt but as you know time goes on and you learn and grow more I'm seeing symbols now that I didn't see in the card. Or I have an understanding of some of the symbols mm -hmm. yeah, from exactly. other sources outside of tarot, just in yeah. astrology or, you know, symbolism or uh, yeah, ancient exactly. wisdom. And I say, oh, my gosh, well, there they are in the tarot card. And it's like maybe I saw them before, but they mean something different to me now. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of a yes, throw the book away and and just let the pictures do the talking. And sometimes you really want to pick it up and go deeper and say, well, geez, well, you know, what does it mean when there's a a human, an eagle, a bull, 
and align together on these four showing up again, you know, yeah. and then yeah, yeah, you, know, exactly. you find out that it's, you know, the cardinal, uh, uh, astrological know, um, signs. It's, yeah. It's there's the the four, four elements. Um, it's, you know, it's yeah. the yod hey vov hey that we were talking about. It's many, folk, you know, of those fourfold symbolisms, right? Sure. So, yeah, I would, you know, just a suggestion, you know, get, learn a little bit if you're starting out. Yeah, uh, it's valuable. You know, valuable because there's memorize. a reason for them. It is there valuable are... to memorize the meaning. Stick with what I, I think, and you know, is to pick one system, you know, Waits book or Paul Foster Case's book uh, or, you know, any of these new basic guides to tarot or so, you know, whatever, pick one and kind of go with it and then start amplifying it as you go on. Uh, do do memorize things. It's very helpful in the beginning when you're doing readings to have those memorizations if nothing's really coming to you, you know, in terms of a feeling sense or images or intuitions from that card, uh, that it can be good to have some of those stock sort of meanings to go to go to and then you can kind of amplify them as you talk to the, the person or you or you work with your own, you know, your own self if you're if you're doing that. Um, so that's, you know, that's one way to, to work on it. Um, one thing I, I, I like to do a lot is, um, you know, I'll take the deck and, you know, shuffle it a certain number of times or whatever. I like, you know, seven's a good number, and, you know, however you, however you do it. I mean, there's no, you know, sort of stone, you know, set in stone way of doing it. But, you know, you can do it seven, you know, seven times three or something or however you want to do it and then cut the deck and then maybe as you're thinking that, you know, formulate a question like and something open-ended, like what do I need to understand that I may not understand about this situation? Or what do I need to know, you know, that's in my unconscious right now that I'm not aware of, you know, these kind of open-ended sort of questions and do one card, just pull one card out and then, and then meditate on that and think about your question and how it might relate to that symbol. That is a really useful, simple way of, uh, of doing a, you know, a reading for yourself to kind of get in touch with the unconscious because it is quote unquote random, but there is a sort of synchronous quality to it. And, you know, uh, Marie-Louise von Franz, uh, Jung's disciple, uh, a genius, a great genius. I recommend her books and, and work highly. I uh, wrote about that in uh, when she wrote about synchronicity. She has a book on synchronicity and divination. That's fantastic. And I would highly recommend it. Uh, but, you know, it's not completely random. There is a synchronous sort of a quality or synchronicity occurring when we're when we're quote unquote randomly doing things or we're doing a divination. Divination, by the way, is fortune telling. You know, it's trying to divine the future or to divine some sort of understanding. Uh, you know, in the present of something that's going to happen down the road. Uh, you know, I throw these these words around a lot and then don't define them. I'm sorry about that. But so divination's simply the idea of fortune telling. Um, so, so, you know, there is a quality of the psychological quality uh, that exists in doing that, that, that is very fresh and dynamic and helps you see things and make connections that you may not have made by doing something that seems random. Like you said, like throwing, you know, throwing bones or, you know, doing the I Ching or, you know, pulling a, a tarot card or, you know, doing an Ifa reading if you're, you know, if you're in, the Yoruba tradition and the, you know there's there's hundreds probably thousands of types of divination out there. and there's something to be said about the moment of when yeah. the cards are shuffled or sure. coins are thrown uh, in a lot of uh, Native American uh, traditions uh, that's often how a child uh, would be named that moment it comes into this world mm. uh, it's yeah. the first thing the mother sees 
Um, and it's, it's sitting bull. There's a cow outside the teepee and it's sitting. I don't know. Um, or it's, you know, lone eagle or it's, you know, it has yeah, something yeah, to do with what was happening in the world at that moment. Yeah. It could have been a, a million things in the randomness, but, but there was, that's the moment that baby was born. And that's yeah, exactly. where the, the, you know, the hawk was perched on the fence post or something. And, uh, or that's, well, at that very moment, Saturn was conjunct Pluto and, you know, you have, I don't, I don't know astrology uh, to talk about it like that, but, uh, but there's something at that moment of your birth, you know, the time and yeah, the place there, exactly. there was, you know, this randomness sort of that's always moving, yeah. you know, and it's just, okay, yeah. where do you stop the, the spinning wheel? You know, where, what, what does it land on? Um, well, and that's, that's what that's you have. And that, there's power in that. Yeah. And the, the idea of that there's, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the idea of synchronicity is attaching some meaning to those seemingly r random or, or sort of um, serendipitous things that happen, you know, is, is trying to find the meaning and, uh, and understanding with them. And that's very dynamic and in the moment and grounded in reality, while at the same time recognizing that there's something mysterious in it as well. Uh, and I think that's what the cards, uh, the tarot cards tap into that sort of part of ourselves that's, you know, it's, it's, this is beyond, uh, you know, rationality and timelines and what's possible and not possible in the material world, according to science and, and things like that. And it, it, it reaches into the timeless, the eternal, the creative, the unconscious, the collective unconscious, the symbolic, the mythological, the magical. Those are, those are different realms, different ways of experiencing life. And, you know, we're fond of talking a lot about the difference between science and spirituality. And, you know, oftentimes we're, we come out against scientism, not science, scientism, the idea that there's some fixed truth in science, because it, 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 that's, not, that's not true. That's not scientifically accurate. Science is a method of, of investigation. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a collection of facts. Uh, so, you know, and spirituality is, is designed for a completely different realm of, of, of experience. A spirituality, or religion, uh, magic, ritual, etc. They're designed for a completely different way of knowing. And it's equally valid. That's the thing we have to remember. It's equally valid. One is not better than the other one. They're both valuable in our human experience. You know, it's multi, there's multi, there's the multiverse of, of, of experiences going on within and without us at any given time, right? And so the cards are kind of where, and these symbolic images on these cards are kind of where those two worlds meet. You know, the science, I guess, comes in in a sense of you know, like science and spirituality. Science comes in in the structure of the tarot, the fact that, you know, the numbers and these really concrete things that you can kind of grab onto and these pictures on these particular cards themselves and there's a material thing there and then the spirituality is the interpretation the subjective experience the mystical side of it and so on right um well it's true and you could the same person could ask the same question and get the same cards mm -hmm. with a different reader yeah and have completely different or maybe very much different anyway uh responses or interpretations of it uh, that could both be right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. so there is, it, it's, it's a really interesting mix between this was very purposefully put on this card in this way mm -hmm. and it has very specific meanings. And then also what does it feel like? What is, and also yeah. in relation to each other, you know, if you do a three card spread, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, 
what's you know the history of this my issue. three cards Brad, are you thinking about the the past present future type thing one of those absolutely yeah kind of... this is like you know this is the conditions under which the situation arose this is kind of where you are now yeah. in relation to the problem and, and this is where it's going this is the future well you can't yeah. just skip to the third card the yeah. third card is influenced by the other two yeah and indeed. if you yeah. change the way you look at your situation in the present moment you're automatically going to change the future and i would even say that even by putting those three cards out uh, that weren't there before now yeah. you see a beginning middle and end or a past present future sure uh, view on your problem and that in itself has changed the experiment. So if you were to do a, a reading afterwards, it might be a different reading because by f the very fact of having that previous one, you've now yeah. looked at your situation in a different way. So your consciousness is different. Like you yeah, can't absolutely. step twice into the same river. It's For sure. A, well, it, it gets into the interesting idea of like, uh, you know, particle physics where our viewing, our subjective viewing of the, <coughs> of the experience actually colors the outcome of, of the experiment itself, something like that, you know, you think, okay, well, is the, is my divination actually, you know, helping the outcome of this situation in some way? Is it coloring the outcome of it in some way? Because I did a divination, you know, <coughs> Excuse me. well, it's like any, uh, you know, like a journey, uh, you're driving somewhere. And, yeah. Well, if you get off track or something and then you look at the map and say, well, geez, if I, I just keep going where I'm going, I'm going to, I'm never going to get to where I want to be. Well, that's, that may be true, but you also have the opportunity to change your direction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and use this, you know, this GPS of the, of the cards to say, wait a minute, this yeah. is where I am and this is how I got here. And if I, you know, keep going in this direction, this is where I'll wind up. But if I can look at this differently, if I can look at myself differently in relation uh, to this situation, uh, clearly you're going to have a different outcome. Absolutely. It's not set in stone. Like, no, you know, exactly. It's, not, it's like, oh, I, I'm going to, this is surely going to happen. It's fate because the cards told me so. It's, you know, that any good reader will say, you know, these are potential outcomes. You know, if you continue on this path of X, Y, Z, this is what you're going to get most likely. You know, but then that that implies then that there's a possibility of doing something different, of thinking something different, of of creating a new way of being that you know that sort of thwarts that say negative quote unquote outcome or that fate. You know, and that's, that's the free will part of it, right? Yeah, and you're right, and it's very dynamic. It's very interactive. Yeah, for it's sure. not. Oh, I have a problem. Oh, here's the answer. Oh, well, I guess I'm screwed. Or oh, it's going to be great, depending on the cards. Well. We do that at the doctor. The doctor may come back with a diagnosis and some people take the diagnosis and they die, you know, six months to the day when the doctor said they had six yeah. months to live. Um, and so you know, some and, people say, and other ones 16 that. years I'm, later yeah, are, are, you know, because fine. they changed where they were going. Here's how you got exactly. to clogged arteryville by eating this and not yeah. exercising. And if you keep on doing what you're doing, this is where you're going to wind up. Well, yeah. That also uh, you can roll over in your back and say, well, that's it. That's what the doctor said. You know, well, if you believe that, it might actually come true. No, exactly. Or you can believe something else and say, well, gosh, if this is where I'm headed and I don't want to go there, let's change what's happening now. Let's change what is in the present and how I'm going about things, how I'm looking at my health or 
my relationship or something. I've, um, I did this as kind of an, uh, an example mm-hmm. of using the cards. Um, I actually was, I'm cheating a little now cause I, I am using the, I actually use the I Ching, okay. but the same thing to use a divination method, yeah, yeah. uh, to approach a problem. And what I got from the I Ching was, um, wood over mountain. <laughs> and that may not mean anything. Um, uh, but you know, what is, you know, like a tree, you know, penetration that goes in this soil and mountain is something still, uh, that is very difficult to move like an obstacle or things like that. That's mm-hmm. what it means in the, uh, in the I Ching. And I was asking, you know, about, do I stay in a relationship? I was really on the fence about it. Yeah. Um, and, and this was a number of years ago and, and I got that and I go, well, that didn't really help me. And I <laughs> walked outside the apartment and, um, and I was in the Hollywood Hills, uh, or, you know, over, uh, underneath the Hollywood Hills and looking up, um, there's a very famous mid-century house and there was a barren part of the hill that was just rock and right in the middle of it was growing a tree, uh, coming right out. So, I mean, I physically, you know, synchronistically saw what was in, um, the Qing reading and I knew right away what it meant. Stay where you are the mountain that's not going to move mm-hmm. but while you're there the tree is still growing interesting yeah. so instead of stay or go it was stay and grow and, grow. and that gave me uh, and i stayed in relationship at least another year and i did grow and i was glad i <laughs> i did because that yeah. was very uh, instrumental um so um you know you'll find what what any of these answers or potential yeah. answers mean and uh, really be open to it. And, uh, you know, especially when, when you're at an impasse, if you really just can't decide something or can't get a handle on, on you know, what's going on or, you know, what to do. It, mm-hmm. it can be, you know, these, these decisions can be overwhelming. And uh, so I have made decisions. I have, you know, listened to – because I, I wasn't able to come up with a definitive answer on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. It can be a valuable way of, uh, of, of making decisions when one is, one is stuck and there seems to be no, no rational or logical uh, solution presenting itself. Right. So speaking of that, so, um, you know, that is, like I said, one of the, uh, one of the main, main uses of it is this, you know, kind of understanding of one's own unconscious experiences, feelings within dreams, et cetera. Uh, probably one of the biggest uses of tarot is for that. And you can, you know, you, you don't even need to know how to do, you know, do any kind of fortune telling or divination or even really know much about the cards. Just purchase a deck. Get to, you know, get a basic deck that you like. Um, you know, that AE weight deck is, you know, sometimes called the universal tarot, something it's that, you know, the most common deck out there and you can get a, you know, a copy of it for, I don't know, 15 bucks, 16 bucks online something like that, or even less. And, you know, AUA's book that goes along with it is a valuable, you know, kind of place to start and things like that. Just get that deck and start working with those images and not really even worry about so much the meaning of the cards, but just start kind of feeling out what these, these images evoke in you. Like, what do I feel like when I pick this card up and look at what, what is this making me think of? I associate this with my brother or I associate this card with work. And, you know, it's telling you something about your feelings that you might not you know, that might be somewhat unconscious and might be in the shadow. It's a way to get shadow material up to, to, to consciousness to some degree. It's helpful in doing that. Um, so that's one of the more valuable uses of tarot. I highly recommend it for that. And, and then the second one, of course, is the meditation. 
and then you know as you get comfortable with it you know you can do divination like i said like uh, you can either do that three card spread chris was talking about which is really easy you know one two, one, two three put them down uh, you can see you know designate one past one present one future uh, it's easy to go from left to right uh, or use a one card poll and you know just kind of uh you know shuffle the cards and say you know kind of formulate a question for yourself like what do i need to know about this situation that i'm not consciously aware of pull a card and meditate on it and something will come to you it's amazing you know have paper nearby to write some ideas down or whatever that can be really helpful uh, but there's you know and we'll get more into this as we get into the individual cards we're kind of coming to the end of the show but uh, those are those are some of the real basic uses and then this stuff can be valuable especially at this time of year you know the beginning of the year a new year when you're trying to kind of figure out where you're at where you want to go changes you need or want to make things that you might not be aware of that you want to kind of get rid of a spring cleaning within so to speak and things like that uh do you have any final thoughts on uh on tarot and how it might be used or how you know it could be valuable for our listeners well yes uh and this i've maybe I've probably used it this way as much as I have any other way. Mm -hmm. And that is when I don't know what to ask. Mm, interesting. I maybe, you know, it's not a pressing issue. It's not a, a decision that I can't seem to you know, come up with the right decision. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what do I need to know right now? So would, would, be you, valuable would you say for that? Me I mean, would you yeah. actually say, what do I need to know right now? What do I need to look at in my life? Or what's, what yeah. am I missing? Um, is there something I'm missing uh, that, that it might be beneficial? Uh, help me see that. That's a different way of wording. That's kind of what I was getting at when I said, you know, what is, what is something maybe that I'm missing in the unconscious? That yeah. Something like that. Yeah, those are, that's a really, you could even, I mean, I think too, if you didn't even have any words or even any, you know, any sort of question at all, you could just shuffle the cards and pick a card and look at it and see what pops up without any verbalizing. That's a valuable thing too, don't you think? Sure. And, and it may even conjure up the question. I conjure the question. Exactly. It's like, oh, gosh, that's what I need to be looking yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh. that's a valuable tool, too. Yeah, uh, exactly. Let's say let's say you did that and you came up with a fool. I mean, you could have two meanings of the fool there. You could be like, well, what am I being foolish about that I'm not recognizing? Or, you know, looking at it more esoterically and saying, okay, this this, you know, this super consciousness that's within me, that's that's guiding me. That's this no thing behind everything. How is that playing itself out in my life? And how do I need to get more in contact with that? Those are kind of two, two, you know, two things you might come up with. Or, you know, where am I being foolish in my life, in my business, in my relationships, et cetera? And, you know, start asking questions like that. So, you know, different stuff will come up depending on how you feel, uh, according to that card, right? Right. And, and sometimes, you know, it might even be, you know, when do I need to be foolish, more foolish? Am I being yeah. too left too brain and yeah. you know oh, you let go a little bit and be the holy fool be a little right? free uh free spirited not so worried about you know the ground under my feet as i go you know, yeah that's exactly. that, there's there's wisdom in nonsense nonsense um, interesting yeah exactly you know? i love that word nonsense you know people think think it has a negative connotation it really is one of the more positive ways of looking at things nonsense you know sense. it's just not of the five no, senses the five it's senses from a sixth sense exactly. or a other sensory you know non-sensory yeah. and non-rational i, I, like, yeah. the way, I yeah. like that look at it you know a non-rational way of knowing you know it's more intuitional more heart oriented more you know feeling oriented you know it's hard to put a 
a label on where that stuff comes from or what what it actually is but we know it you know we have a sense of it some of it sometimes it's in our gut sometimes it's in our heart sometimes it's a a little fantasy or a, a, just a little twinge of a feeling or what have you i mean and that's you know there's wisdom in that stuff and oftentimes i would say you know on the whole women are better at you know getting at those kinds of things than men are because men we tend to be a lot more rational and a lot more thinking oriented and you know the whole society of the you know the u.s and the western world is very quote-unquote rational and thinking oriented and oftentimes we denigrate the, the other ways of knowing the non-rational ways of knowing and a way to get back in touch with this is by using something like tarot or I Ching or any of these other tools looking at great art is the same thing going down to an art gallery and just looking at a painting and seeing what it means to you not what the history of the painting is and what yeah. this painter meant and you know what I mean oh so, sure you can do it with music you can do it with you know with sculpture you can i mean there's a million ways that you can experience these things but it helps to open us up to that non-rational way of knowing again at any rate we are, are getting to the end of the show um so like i said we're going to do more uh, more on this subject on uh, the individual cards as as time goes on so we'll uh we'll, we'll keep you posted on that and i actually will be coming out with my tarot meditation book uh this year this new year so i will keep you posted on that and we'll do more on that so Thank you for joining us this week. I want to thank everybody who's been supporting us throughout the year. Uh, this is uh, probably our 54th or 55th episode here. Um, you know, and so we've done like a full, a full year of these. We talked about this, but it's kind of an exciting time for us because we're coming into a new year. We'd ex be expecting to show and we're going to be doing some, some new things this year um, and so on. So we need, need your help with that. So if you could please uh, donate to us, if you can, at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye or you know hit us up uh, at info.cosmiceye that that helps and let us know uh, you know how you could help or you know how you you know what we can do for you if you want to us yeah to let us about. know a show topic right? or uh, you know different ideas maybe, things you go want to deeper talk into about. something we've already talked about or yeah. you know maybe something we haven't touched upon absolutely you know we're open we're here for you we're trying to you know make this a participant sort of thing uh, we're, we're greatly appreciative of the people that are supporting us on a monthly basis. Thank you guys so much. Hope you have a beautiful new year. Um, and I think uh, that is about it for this week. Yes, Chris, anything else? Uh, I think that's about it. I mean, like I said, we could go on for hours and hours on that's, this, but I think we covered some of the, the basic the aspects. Basics, right? Yeah. We'll go deeper. Kind of into put a context on what the tarot is and overall and what maybe yeah. some of the things they can use it for and what we use it sure. for. So uh thank you again for for listening each week um i am the author of if you can worry you can meditate chris is the author of the spirit in the sky and those are both available on amazon uh or check us out at cosmiceye.org or chrissheridan.com uh have a great week and a blessed new year we will uh be here next week we put out a new episode each monday thanks uh thanks again goodbye and god bless <laughs>